Remarkable Palette Special, Cognac and Cheese. Welcome to the Remarkable Palette. I'm your host, Chef Mark Tafoya. I'm a personal chef in New York City, and I love exploring the culinary scene of New York City and the world, speaking with chefs, purveyors, farmers, and others who are passionate about what they eat. For longtime listeners, you'll note that it's been a while since you've heard from me here on the show. Well, I've been out in the real world, I've been building teams of chefs for real-life dinner party extravaganzas, and also working with medical professionals to bring quality nutritional diets for special needs patients. And uh, it's a new calling for me, and I beg your leave for my long absence. And as an offering, I'm sharing with you this lovely conversation I had with my old friend, Barry Lynn Critch, the cheese impresario. Barry Lynn shares with us some fine artisanal cheeses, and we pair them with a cognac she's fallen in love with, brought to you by a surprising music star. This one has been aging in the cheese cave for a bit, and it's ready for tasting. Many thanks to Barry Lynn for her patience, and without further ado, let's go into the cheese cave. Welcome back to The Remarkable Palette, and today we are joined once again by our good friend, Barry Lynn Critch, who is the cheese impresario. Hi, Barry Lynn. Well, hello, Mark. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us again. Now, we, we, we met once before. We had a podcast a while back, and we tasted through a bunch of artisanal cheeses, uh, and we paired them with sake. And now you're back again with unusual cheese pairings beyond the wine and cheese and beyond beer and cheese, and you've moved on to another spirit. Tell us what it is. Well, I, believe it or not, I'm a rapper fan. I um, love rap music. I didn't before I met Three Six Mafia, the Oscar-winning rappers from Three from um, the movie Hustle and Flow. Yeah, it's hard out there for a pimp, isn't it? Exactly. And I did a cheese tasting for them, and they're such foodies. We've become great friends, and through them, I um, certainly knew about Ludacris. Um, the uh, actor who starred, uh, was one of the stars in Hustle and Flow, and he's a very big foodie. He's very, very serious about his food and his beverages, and he created his own cognac. He just didn't license his name to, you know, to any old beverage. He actually went to France and worked with um, a very famous cognac house, third generation um, Berkadel um, Hartman, and he created a, a really pretty much value-priced, affordable cognac called Conjure. Yeah, and so this is, um, you know, Berkadel Hartman has been, you know, you see on the bottle, Dupuis, 1887. So since 1887, they've been making cognac in, in France. And so this is just a new line, right? It's, it's a label uh, that, is, that, that is blended to the liking and to the taste of Ludacris. Yeah, exactly. And Philippe uh, Tuffon, who's um, one of the master blenders there, and Ludacris really worked for months on this. And I, uh, what he wanted was something that was affordable to, obviously, his fans, but to, to everyone, and would be, um, oh, not, let's call it as big. I mean, to me, um, this has a s- more sweeter characteristic and um, that's why many mixologists all over the country are using it for cocktails. Okay. Well, I mean, even um, before we get to, like, the tasting part of it and, and, mm-hmm. and the tasting profile of it, you know, you think about, okay, 
here's a rapper or a rock star that's associated himself with some booze, right? I mean, we've seen mm-hmm. that happen a lot. We've, yeah. you know, we've, we've heard from a lot of different stuff. In fact, there's even been uh, controversy because certain rappers that used to promote a certain drink now no longer promote that drink because exactly. they were insulted, right? And they've moved on to other stuff. And, and th- that tends to be sort of more in the money side, right, in the promotion yeah. side, and, and yeah. really has nothing to do with, with the actual flavor profile. But what you're saying is that this is a slightly different angle. Yeah, this is really his passion. He really um, is a, a very passionate food person and also drink. And I think that, you know, th- when I'm going to pour myself a little while we're talking. Mm, yeah. It's got a nice cork. I've put a little bit into this into a snifter as well so that I could enjoy the aroma yeah. and the flavor of it. And and it's funny that you say that because there's really not, the aside from the band on the on the neck, you couldn't. You can't tell. Any, it doesn't say ludicrous on it. I mean, it just says Chris Bridges, right? Yes, and he his his name is Christopher Bridges, and his ludicrous is his middle name, so to speak. And he's labeled this with Chris Bridges with his yeah. um, given name. So it's not like a big like yo yo. This is a rapper's no, drink. This is this quite is the contrary. This is a little project by someone who's passionate about about yeah. uh, about fine yeah, spirit. Yeah, one of my true passions is pairing artisanal cheeses with all kinds of spirits. And it would be really fun down the road with you to do maybe a rum show, um, maybe yeah. even a tequila Yeah, you show. know how much I love tequila. So, oh, uh, yeah. well, those but, smoky flavors are just fantastic <laughs> yes, with the añejos. <laughs> absolutely. But then right now, we're, you know, we're really uh, having a good time with the cognac. And now we should talk a little bit about cognac to begin with, is that cognac mm-hmm. is, a, is, a, is a, like a brandy, basically, right? It's a, yep. it's a fortified mm-hmm. spirit, mm-hmm. Um, and it's made in the south of France, particularly. Anything with a gnoc at the end is from the south of France, right? Armagnac, Armagnac and cognac. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, Cyrano de Bergerac, you know, oh. <laughs> all of those things, right? <laughs> so, um, so, so we, in, in tasting cognac, you generally will, will uh, sip it neat, and you'll have it in a little snifter, right? Which I have it in there now, right? In a small That's little snifter. That's what I've got one, too. We're drinking right along together. And so. the beautiful thing is that you can cup it, the snifter in the palm of your hand, you know, between your fingers and in the palm of your hand, and the heat from your hand is just enough to warm it to the proper temperature, Yes, totally. And, and um, I'm, I've been doing that while we've been talking, and it's ready to roll. Yeah, and um, it sort of, it sort of things... releases the aromas and starts to get it yes. ready to nose. And, and really, you can smell it sort of in the air. I'm smelling a little bit of this cognac just, just yeah. in the air around me. And the, I think one of the things people do is they stick their nose way in their glass with a spirit instead of putting it sort of above, because with wine, you're supposed to stick your schnoz way in. But yeah. with spirits, you'll get a lot of the alcohol if you put it too far in. So Yeah, wine generally it, has between mm-hmm. 11 and 13% alcohol, whereas a spirit would be 40 to 60% alcohol by volume. Exactly. So you want to be careful. Exactly. You, might, <laughs> you might pass out. <laughs> yeah, and, and you get just the alcohol fumes, let's call it. But if you keep your nose about four inches above, mm, I smell, I just get so much apple. Yeah, and that's really the flavor. classic. That's the classic sort of flavor and uh, and pairing. In fact, with any of the of the gnocs, right? The cognac or the armagnac. Um, and I do get apple. I get a I get a spiciness though. I get like a like a cinnamon uh, with yeah. with like nutmeg. I mean, it's 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 you know yeah. if you want to think like apple pie in an alcohol, like that's kind of what you get with a cognac, right? <laughs> and cooking with, by the way, I have cooked with this cognac, and it's just stunning. I've made a cheese fondue with it. And then oh, I throw okay. a lot of the cognac in, and then of course sipping along, and it is 
Dunning. Yeah, most put, fondues would have a little bit of wine in them, right? And so yeah, now well, you in, have to instead put of the wine for the acidity. You, so you yeah. put a couple of cups of wine, but then I also sort of fortify it with um, with the conjure cognac, and it's just turned out fabulously. Mm, that, that is really nice. I like that. It's a smooth, it's, you know, of course, cognac by its nature is a sipping drink. And then this one is a pretty smooth one. It doesn't have, um, I mean, it's not, it's not really high in alcohol. I think this one's got 40% alcohol. Yeah, yeah. And, and also, I thought that the wood, you know, it's aged in three different kinds of, of um, barrels. And I, I like the woodiness because it puts a meatiness. And, you know, there's a meatiness in many cheeses. And I just sort of thought it supercharged the, uh, the pairing with the, with the cheese fondue. You know, we, we're talking about cheese here. And you have thought that this conjure pairs particularly well with one that you sent me. And that's from the Pleasant Ridge Creamery, right? And well, that's, it's actually uh, the, the name of the creamery, creamery is Uplands Cheese Company. Uplands Cheese. And they're in mm-hmm. Dodgeville, Wisconsin. Yep, and I have actually been there. I've seen these cheeses aging in the in the in the aging cave, and I've seen them washing them. I'm brushing them um, with the brine solution to keep the you know unwanted microbes from settling in, um, but also um, adding some different layers of complexity. It was just so cool, and then they turn them by hand and um, bring out that golden color of the luscious rind. Wow. And so this is a cow's milk cheese. It is. It, um, it's, it's aged more than 60 days, so they're able to make an unpasteurized uh, milk cheese and, uh, and then also still sell it legally in the United States because, Absolutely as we know, correct. there's this horrible, awful law that says that you can't use unpasteurized mm-hmm. milk to make cheese if it's, if it's not aged at least 60 days. Um, it's, it's a combination of... of uh, of misunderstanding of science and uh, and the assumption that everyone's going to get sick from everything. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, it's a sad thing. So this is actually, uh, Uplands makes the Pleasant Ridge Reserve, and it's considered um, a, a farmstead cheese. And that means they're um, carrying and owning their own herd of cows. And I've seen their cows. It's pretty amazing. And they, right across from the, where the cows are grazing is the creamery. And they pump the milk under the little area, under the little sort of pathway, right into the creamery right after they're milked. And the cows are always on fresh herbs and grasses. And it is Wisconsin, so in the winter months when they're inside and having, um, you know, not fresh grasses and herbs, they're having hay and all of the silage and other, other food, they don't make Pleasant Ridge Reserve. They only make it when the cows are out in the pastures eating clovers and flowers and herbs and grass. Yeah, during the off-season, they just use the milk for milk. And uh, in, the, yep. uh, in the primetime season, when, they, when they've got all those flowers and the grasses, then they're using the milk to, to produce the cheese. Mm-hmm. Okay. So and when just, you taste- just from the initial view of it, I mean, it's got this nice, it's a washed rind, correct? You've yes, got this it is. hard, hard outside, if you can hear that there, you've got this hard outside rind, um, which I guess they, it looks like they've used a cheesecloth because you've got that little kind of tiny crosshatch on it. 
and um, yeah, and, and it's they got kind of this brush it with a brush. Yeah, yeah. So they so they get a nice hard ride on it, almost mm-hmm. you know without the color, almost like a mimolette, right? That kind of like um, totally. that hard totally. roundness mm-hmm. of it, but mm-hmm. again without without that orange color. Yeah, um, and the the rind is a little bit uh, dark beige, and then the inside is this creamy, milky, beigey kind of color yeah. with just yeah. a, a slight kind of golden straw color to it. Yeah, and it's not a hard, hard, hard cheese at no, all. No, the rind is hard, but the inside is really yeah. soft. I've, I've actually yeah. left it out for about a half hour, which is Excellent. which I believe is the is the proper technique. Yeah. Um, and it allowed the aromas to develop, but also, you know, it's soft enough that you could cut into it and get it. And really, initially, I get like a grassy, um, sweet, like a, like a grassy, fruity combination on the nose. Yep. And there's a little bit of that distinct... Um, that distinct cheese aroma, you know, that sharpness that's also a little bit sour uh, on the, like you, 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 it smells a little cheesy, right? But well, not, but getting, in a great way. I think what you're getting probably is the, um, you know, the washed rind, because washed rind, you know, the Limburger is the king of washed rind. Yeah, right. And you're getting a little bit of stinkiness out of it. Just it's a, a tiny bit of stinkiness. It's mm-hmm. it's not anywhere near Limburger, and it's certainly no. not like a like a um, what is that stinky one from France? The the Pont Levesque? is that the stinky one? Oh, the um, um, Epoise. The Epoise. Epoise. The Epoise. That's 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 square, and it's really stinky. It's it's mm-hmm. just the slightest hint of that kind of stinky ammonia kind yeah. of stink, but but in the best way possible. And now, of course, in you know people are listening way. to us exactly. going stinky. What are you talking about? But to us, stinky cheese is a good thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you know, with cheese, I like to leave it out at least a half an hour of the fridge. Sometimes, you know, if I really want it rolling, uh, I leave it out a lot longer. Um, because the, you know, the microbes need, really need to wake up because in the fridge, they're kind of sleeping like a white wine. You don't want to just pull it out and pour it in your glass because it'll just be too cold. You won't really taste the depth that the winemaker made. And it's really, um, the same thing with cheeses. You really want to taste the cheeses the way the cheesemaker intended for you to get the depths and and the complexities out of it. So some people just eat cheese cold and they say, oh, well, that was fine. It didn't really well, taste so well. Yeah, and yeah, it's, it's no, muted. I mean, it's the same like principle it. with, like, you know, um, anything that's cold, the flavors are muted, which is uh-huh. why ice cream makers always make their, their base really sweet so that once it's frozen, uh-huh. actually it tastes, the right, it tastes the right amount of sweetness. But, right, wow. the base itself is, is almost too sweet. You couldn't drink uh-huh. it, let's say, right? So uh-huh. it's the same principle. When things are cold and they're chillier, you, you taste them less, right? Which is why uh-huh. a lot of American beers are served really, really cold. You can't uh-huh. taste how bad they are. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, well, back to the, the cheese. <laughs> back to the cheese. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's got a nice aroma. It, it clearly, you know, this, it says it's been aged for more than 60 days. Do you have a sense of how long generally they age these? Well, it depends on, on um, what you have. I mean, it could, could have been up to nine months. Okay, because I've got yeah. the one I have. It looks, I mean, you can start to see, you know, what, you know the cheese that's aged a while. You get that kind of crystalline structure building. Oh, yeah. You know, the, um, what is that? The um, calcium. It's the amino acids yeah. that are crystallizing. And, and you mm-hmm. start to see it gets a little crumbly. This is still fairly soft. I mean, it's not nowhere yeah. near like, say, a Parmigiano Reggiano. It's soft, but there's still a little hint of some of those crystals in there. Yeah. Um, and the flavor is just great. I mean, it's... I've been snacking on it here. Oh yeah. Well, <laughs> and w- one moment. <laughs> Let me yeah, you can have you. some. Of, you can have some of yours, and it's it's not particularly sharp. Um, in fact, that hint of stinkiness that's that's on the nose, you don't you don't taste that so much when you when you mm-hmm. taste it. But it's it's a little sharp, and it has a real like a creamy after after finish. 
right? Yeah, and the nuttiness. There's a sweet nuttiness to it. That, yeah. You know, that right. comes like, from like the toasted, sweetness. Yeah, like toasted nuts would, would, would taste yeah. like. Or, yeah. And yeah. so now I'm going to actually have a little bit of this with the cognac just by itself. Oh, let's go. Let's go. Now, do, do you want to do the Cheese Highway together? Yeah, the Cheese Highway. Okay, so remind people, for people who didn't hear our first podcast, mm-hmm. tell us about how do you create a Cheese Highway? Okay, well, Emily Post, the famous etiquette ex- expert, ruined our lives. She taught us to eat separately and drink separately. And, you know, as you know, being a chef, Mark, you want to put the, put the things together and experience them together rather than having your vegetables separately and your oh, meat yeah, separately definitely. and everything. It's meant when a, when a plate is properly composed to be enjoyed together. Same with pairing cheese and beverages. So you take, um, you know, you use your schnoz and smell your cheese and look at the color and admire the rind. And I always suggest that people take a bite of the paste, the inside of the cheese, and then later take a little nibble of the rind. And if you like it and it's not fabric or wax or anything, um, enjoy it and try it with your beverage. Sometimes it works with your beverage and sometimes it, it throws the pairing off. Yeah, but that rind so, actually gives you just a more intensity of what you had yeah, inside, right? Because it it's does, been it's it been closer to the outside. It's been washed yeah. a number of times. It's gotten hard. It's been exposed to the air. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of like, you know, if you like it, keep, you know, taste a little bit of the rind. It's going to be even more intense. Yeah. And then, um, you know, get your uh, cheese ready and take a little bite and make a cheese highway on your tongue. So you're going to kind of chewing up up the cheese a little bit and leaving it on your tongue. You're not swallowing it or eating it. You know, it it happens naturally. You know, it's it's, um, something that your parents wouldn't want to have wanted you to do. And then take a little sip of your conjure cognac Mm, and throw a little sip down the cheese highway. And let them mix together. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And then really each person will come out with their own um, flavors. But to me, I get a very sweet apple at first, and I love apples with this cheese. It's a um, an Alpine-inspired cheese. Um, it was really inspired by some of the cheeses in southeastern France. And so apples is, is um, in that area, as we were talking They're about. They're famous so, for their apples, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I really sort of went for this pairing with, with the conjure cognac. I thought it would, it would work beautifully. And I don't know, what are you getting well, out of me, it the, with the, the cheese? There, you know, there's a particular creaminess of the cheese. I mean, it's not a particularly high-fat cheese, but it's creamy, right? And, and then the, the cognac just cuts into that. Um, yeah. And then they like release together, and you get so I'm getting I'm getting the apple, but I'm getting a little bit of of the spiciness as well. Mm-hmm. So like the nuttiness of the cheese blending with the the sort of like the baking spices that I tasted earlier. Yeah. Um, and then there's a little bit of a floral kind of um, kind of uh, finish for me. Uh huh. Uh huh. Well, that might be from the milk because of the cows eating some flowers and Absolutely. some really sweet herbs that kind of permeates. But also, this is a the cognac to me is, ah, you know, it's it's not um, hot, um, sharp um, flavor. It's really it's really smooth to me. It's smooth and um, it's gentle. I would Very call it so. gentle cognac. Yeah, so that's a good combination. I really enjoy that. I really yeah, enjoyed thank that. you. So that was just a really great pairing. But, of course, it doesn't stop there. Cognac is one of these, these uh, spirits that, you, of course, is most often enjoyed by itself. But 
it actually goes really well in cocktails. And so you've suggested a couple of cocktails, and we're going to actually play around with tasting the cocktails and the cheese and see if that works for us, okay? So now you've, you've actually given me a, a cocktail, a simple cocktail recipe, right, which in, is um, the cognac and apple juice and then a little bitty dash of a, of a, of a, um, a ginger, right, a ginger elixir. Um, right. and why don't you the tell us about G. it while I, while I mix this one up, okay? Yeah, Elixir G is made by a single guy. He um, squeezes fresh ginger um, and then bottles it, and it's used in a lot of, um, actually, Chinese restaurants. Um, you'll see it across the country being used in the kitchen, and then also many mixologists are using it as, um, as a hint of ginger, fresh ginger. Yeah, okay. Um, in their cocktails. And it's and I bottled. Think that's what, yeah, it's bottled. It it's easy. really easy. It's not expensive. And um, I, I thought that, you know, ginger is something for me that can either be too much or, or not there. And I think you just mm. took a teeny bit, like just almost like the way you use bitters in yeah. a way. Yeah, like the way you'd use Angostura bitters or, mm-hmm. um, you know. So you, you heard me shaking it up. So it's, it's basically like one ounce of, of cognac to two ounces of, um, of apple juice, right? Or if you want a big one, you know, two ounces of cognac to four ounces of apple juice. Right. But it's basically right. a, a two to one ratio mm-hmm. on the apple juice and cognac. And then just a little dash of the, uh, of the ginger. Yeah, and, uh, and I left my my glass is not rimmed with anything. I like it because I think there's enough sweetness. Some people brim their that the their glass with sugar on this. They want that I kind like of. I like it. I think there's enough sugary, um, candy like drink, right? Yeah, yeah. That's not my style. I like just like just drinking the cocktail by itself. I was concerned. I was worried at first. And I was like, oh, that's going to be strong, right? Because the cognac, but the apple juice really cuts it. Um, yeah. And and it is very sweet. Of course, you know we know we all love apple juice. So the apple is highlighted, but then that little bit of floralness, and then the, the ginger brings out kind of like a sharp sweetness. Yeah, and it brightens it up, too, to me. It brightens it up. So yeah. I'm curious, okay. you know, this is um, sort of on the air, you know, one first in the world kind of thing. What, what do you think about the pairing with okay. the Pleasant Ridge Reserve? So I'm just cut another piece of the Pleasant Ridge. Okay, and I'm, I'm doing the proper way, and I'm getting the nose, right, and... And on the nose right there, I actually really get the toast, like like toasted, um, almost like if you had a bed of toasted grass, almost, uh-huh. you know, as if you toasted uh-huh. the straw. Uh-huh. I'm doing a little cheese highway, having a little Very bite good. there. Glad to hear it. Mmm. Okay. So in this one, it's interesting because now that I have the cheese and I'm sipping the cocktail, mm-hmm. I really taste the, um, the ginger, like that, that slight sharpness of the ginger mm-hmm. is coming out. It's not overly sweet. I mean, you know, the cheese itself is pretty sweet. Of course, the, the apple juice is pretty sweet. But I think, like, having that, um, the ginger flavor in there kind of uh, balances it off. Oh, fantastic. Fantastic. Mm. Well, the cheesemakers, um, Mike Gingrich and Andy Hatch, are, you know, we're so excited about this show. There's, it's, they're a small family operation. I mean, really small. And, um, and, and I've gotten them into enjoying spirits and cocktails with their cheese. They hadn't done it before. And they had done wine and beer. They're experimenting and fooling around. And, um, yeah, because this is, like, super high-quality um, you know, right from Wisconsin, right fresh from from the pasture. Well, land. you say they're a small little outfit, but I mean, right on the label, I see they got best in show, 
um, American okay. Cheese Society 2001, 2005, and 2010. And in 2003, they won the U.S. champion of the WCMA. I was there in 2005, and I was there last year um, with my niece and her husband, actually, um, for the American Cheese Society, which I've been a longtime member, um, for the competition. And there was, you know, over a thousand cheeses in it. And literally, the crowd just started screaming, and I knew that I was not at a sporting event. I was at a cheese, cheese conference. <laughs> and, and it wasn't, it wasn't a, a Green Bay Packers game, right? These are no, real cheeseheads, no. right? People For were, real. People were freaking out and crying, and it was because Pleasant Ridge Reserve won best of show for the third time. It was oh, completely wow. exciting. Yeah, this is and good stuff. Really well deserved. Like you say, for a small little outfit, it's really good. Yeah, really good. yeah. Well, you know, when so, people pay attention and they really, quality really is job one, when quality is everything, just like the way you do with all of your, you know, cooking and your creation of recipes and delivering wonderful food to people, you know, you're 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 riding your own quality highway yeah. um, with everything you well, do. Well, I guess when people really try to do their best, then it shows, mm-hmm. right? And it simply it, it simply really, comes it out. It works. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so now we're going to actually move on to another little cocktail, and it's something that I just came up with. Of course, there's, you know, you'll see variations of this, uh, uh, you know, in a lot of cocktails, um, and in fact, it's sort of like my own version of what, uh, what like a Bailey's Irish cream would be, only using cognac, right? So um, hold on just a second. I'm actually going to to mix to finish mixing it. I've got it in the shaker, but I'm just going to shake it up here. Hold a second. Fantastic. I'm going to fantasize this one because okay. Mark created this just for this um, broadcast. Okay. So and, this is. Um, um, I'm going to fantasize. I'm going to use all of my fantasizing okay. um, yeah, you know, expertise Because you're not actually drinking it. But um, so this is basically, it's, it's one part cognac. One part of an agave syrup, okay, and and it, you take agave nectar, which is very thick and you know very sweet, very unctuous, and mix it with equal parts water, right? You just watering it down, and essentially you're making like a simple syrup, only it's not a simple syrup; it's actually an agave syrup, right? Mm-hmm. So one part of um, one part of cognac to one part agave syrup, and uh, one part of half and half. This pairing might seem to go against what you would normally think of for um, for cheese, right? Or for a lot of things. They say, you know, cut a fatty food with some with something that has acidity. What's interesting? Well, first of all, the cocktail itself is just really great. It's it's smooth. Um, any sharpness in in the cognac is is definitely cut by the creaminess of that half and half, right? And the, and the syrup um, just sort of balances it out. But then with paired with the cheese, it's Actually, I could see like having tiny nibbles after dinner of this. Yeah, you know, and that's like, a great way to end a meal. Forget you don't dessert. Want a lot of food. Yeah, forget dessert. Have your main course. Mm-hmm. Wait a little bit. Have some really quality um, cow's milk cheese with this, um, and I think it would be a nice finish. I mean, you you would just mm-hmm. nibble on that. It would be a nice finish to your meal. It sounds beautiful. Are you going to post that recipe for your cocktail, Mark? Yeah, yeah, it's really simple. I just, you know, yeah. I just kind of threw it together based on, you know, some other stuff. I thought, I really love Bailey's Irish Cream, right? Which is, mm-hmm. which is basically, it's a prepared drink which has cream and, uh, and, uh, and whiskey, right? Um, and I'm sure there's a little bit of sweetener in there as well. So it's basically a similar kind of drink. You know, it's just those mm-hmm. three ingredients. So really nice. Now, the, here's the nice surprise. So we did two cocktails. We tasted it neat. 
Um, mm-hmm. You also spoil me because you sent me a couple of other cheeses. I did. And I want to actually take a little taste of some of these and maybe even taste them along with the, with the cocktail. This, Fantastic. So this cocktail, this Mother's Milk type cocktail, I think would go great with this really special cheese that you sent, which is espresso cheese. Yeah, it's brand new. It's almost, it's just beginning to come out in the market. It's um, by a Wisconsin master cheesemaker. Mike Matichewski is the cheesemaker, and it's not a cheddar. It's not a Parmesan. It's its own um, unique cheese, unique in the world cheese. It's cow's milk, quality cow's milk, and it's rubbed, hand-rubbed, with Italian espresso. It's it's this ground coffee, espresso mm-hmm. coffee, and it's the outside is covered with it. I mean, in fact, I opened it up and like bits of coffee grounds, yeah. you know, this yeah. espresso, gr- so, ground espresso was falling all over the place. And Yeah, espresso bellavitano, and it, mm. it, I, I'm sure that it's going to be beautiful, but I'm I mean, if you like what coffee, flavor components come out. So it's got that really, you know, that charred, um, roasted, very toasty flavor of the espresso. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's just the textural element of, you know, the crunchy bit of mm-hmm. the espresso on the outside of this creamy cheese. Um, like you said, the cheese itself has, um, it's pretty firm, not soft, not firm. Um, it's not crumbly. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of golden color. Yeah, it's got kind of a, mm-hmm. again, also a straw color, similar to, a mm-hmm. li- little less golden than the, uh, than the Pleasant Ridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but like a nice straw color. And it's just like, wow, it's got a nice, like there's a sweetness to it. Like you could snack on this really as like a sweet finish to a meal. Um, yeah. So now I'm going to have a little bit of it with the, um, with the, with the Conjure cocktail. Mmm, okay. Well, like if you like cream in your coffee, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's nice. basically what that is for me. You know? Nice. With a little bit so of that nutty sharpness. at the end of the meal? I would absolutely well? do this at the end of the meal. In fact... You know, nothing against the Pleasant Ridge, but I actually like this better with this particular cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. With the, so because there's the creaminess, there's the sweetness. You might have it with an espresso at the end of the meal with a glass of the Conjure Cognac and the Bella Vitano, Espresso Bella Vitano. You've got, a, you've got your end of the meal covered. Possibly, yeah, and it's really simple. And of course, um, it uses it uses half and half, so it's not so thick as, like, say, a heavy mm-hmm. cream. Um, and if you did have heavy cream, I would probably um, up the amount of um, of water and agave syrup that you put in, mm-hmm. right? Just so, just to balance it out, just a little bit, or maybe even a little bit more, um, uh, a little less of the of the cream, a little more of the other two, um, just to balance it out. But with the with the half and half, it's just perfect, right? Um, oh, and that espresso wonderful. is. <clears throat> is really nice. I mean, uh-huh. I still have the textural elements of it on my, you know, in my mouth uh-huh. and on my palate, kind of that, that great aroma. And of course, you know, anytime you have a little, little bit of espresso, ground up espresso beans, or even like you've got those espresso beans covered in chocolate, they give you a little oh, pep, yeah. right? I mean, you know, they got caffeine in them. So it gives oh, yeah. you a little bit of a pep. That's Good. really, really nice. Um, oh, now, I'm, so I'm going to try a little piece of it now, again, just with the, um, just with the, um, the cognac by itself, okay? The interesting thing about, you know, cognac can be, you know, $300 a bottle, and this is $34. Wow. Yeah, that's that is a, good, it's right? definitely a value-priced one, huh? Yeah, and that's what, you know, Ludacris really wanted was something that, you know, everybody could afford, and, you know, you're not going to throw the whole bottle down, you know, because it's, it, it's 40% alcohol. So you've got, you know, like a, a you've got a, a long, uh, enjoyable time with this for not much money. And I guess what that does is that then it really allows you to feel free to make make cocktails with it. I mean, with totally. a very expensive bottle of cognac, you're not going to want to do anything but sip no. it, right? No. Um, 
So, oh, that is nice. And I, I got it just with the cognac by itself. And um, it's a little less sort of heavy, right? The cognac mm -hmm. actually does cut through the cheese and mm -hmm. through, the, through the, um, the creamy fattiness of the cheese. And it actually, the sharpness of the, of the espresso comes out even more. And then, of course, the last one you, you brought for me here or that you sent me is a uh, interesting, I haven't heard this term before. It's a cave-aged bandaged cheddar. Of course, we've heard of cave-aged, um, but bandaged cheddar. Tell us what yes, that means. bandaged wrapped cheddar. Um, what they do is they put the, um, the, uh, this um, sort of gauze, like a bandaged gauze, inside of the mold of the cheese, and then they put the curd in the, in the mold and wrap the bandage around it, and, uh, and then the whey, you know, um, gets squished out, and that holds the cheese together. And uh, Willie Lerner is a brilliant from uh, Bluemont Dairy. Uh, he's a very small um, sort of hero in Wisconsin. He's, I always say, Willie makes cheese in outer space and brings it back down. He's, this is a very, very rare cheese. Yeah. And I mean, cow's milk, you know, quality cow's milk. And, um, and, but to rind or not to rind, what do you do with the rind? Do you eat it? Do you not eat it? So we know with the Pleasant Ridge Reserve, with the um, Espresso Bella Vitano and the Raspberry Bella Vitano, we eat the rind because it's delicious. But this one, you don't eat the rind because it's fabric. You can't. Yeah, exactly. No, because I the mean, bandage you know, becomes a part it, of the I cheese. I wouldn't do it. Yeah, they you don't know, remove the bandage at all when they... When no. They, uh, so you need to cut, you know, just cut it off the end of the cheese. And, uh, and this is um, raw milk again. Yeah, this one and, is very uh, crumbly. Yeah, and I, um, I know it's wonderful with this cognac. Yeah. Oh, wow. You probably get a lot more appleiness. Yeah, so I am actually getting that, and what I'm liking is that there is a real, there is that classic cheddarness, but it's not super sharp. I mean, it's not like the, the kind of sharpness that we expect from you know those those um, those cheddars that have a little coloring in them, you know. Um, oh yeah, the annatto. The annatto one, right? Mm -hmm. The the orange cheddar. I mean, mo most of us grew up with or with cheddar cheese that was orange, right? We expect mm -hmm. it to be orange. It's not orange, you know right? It? it comes from cows. <laughs> do you, do you know why the, why annatto is in there? No, why? This is. This has always fascinated me. So historically, um, you know, cheese was made with winter milk, which was winter feed, and summer milk, which was, you know, fresh grasses and herbs. Yeah. And it looked a little different. The coloring was different. So in oh. the, you know, ancient days, they put um, different colorings, whether it be um, herbal colorings or, in this case, uh, a seed from Central America called annatto. Yeah. It's... When it's concentrated, um, um, Several chefs use it, and it's very uh, flavorful. You just can't touch it because your hands will be orange for the rest of your life. Yeah, yeah, but, it's very powerful. And it's used so, in a lot of Latin American cooking. Yes, exactly. But when you put it in, um, in cheese, it has no flavor. It's really, these days, it doesn't, you know, it, it, the winter milk and summer milk isn't, isn't as uh, separated um, these days in terms of, you know, marketing issues. And it's really cheesemaker choice. One of my cheesemaking friends, Tony Hook, um, from Hook's Cheese Company, I think we sampled his 10-year cheddar when we did the uh, We did from before, yes. And I look at him, I said, you know, and he, every other year he'll make a white cheddar, and then he'll make an orange cheddar. And I said, Tony, why do you do it? And he just gives me a really cute smile, and he says, cheesemaker choice. I don't know. I just, just like it. Just I mean, do it because he feels like it, right? It doesn't make it, it right? taste any different. It has no taste okay. ramifications. 
So um, it's just one of those things I think that many people have come to expect because all most commercial cheddar has that yes. that that yes. orange color from the annatto. Although yes. nowadays you're finding a little bit more commercial cheddar. It's sort of that it's the stuff that's halfway between commercial and artisanal, right? It's mm-hmm. it's made from a smaller company, but it's still you know pretty much factory made, um, mm-hmm. and they're doing it as white cheddar, right? Traditional, just without any coloring. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but Willie really took it to uh, Willie Lerner uh, from Bluemont Dairy. Um, he really took this. This is a very traditional way of making cheddar with the bandage. Yeah. Wrap. And it looks, I mean, it just looks very English, you know, and, the, and the, it's got that ugly, mottled, very patina oh, yeah. looking uh, outside of the rind there. Oh, um, yeah. And it just looks like it's English. Yeah. Who knows what Willie is bringing back from outer space, what microbes he's On bringing back. On his visits to teeth, space, right. And how long does he age this one? Oh, um, it's over a year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could I mean, even it's be clear. Yeah, it's clear. Yeah. And then, you know, they just really take care of those those wheels. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They, they leave and them again, in the dark. They, they, they really mature. Mm-hmm. It's pretty rare, but, you know, sometimes I can buy it online, actually. Oh, wow. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mo- mo- many go. of these cheeses you can buy online. I mean, Yeah, where would you suggest? Toys. I mean, uh, well, are, are can, people ever to get it through your website? Um, you can go to the Sartori, S-A-R-T-O-R-I. You can just Google it, and they've got a great store. Okay. Um, I, I buy a lot of stuff from Larry's Market. Um, he has all of the cool stuff. It's Larry's Market in, in, in um, uh, where is it, in, in Wisconsin, in northern Wisconsin. Yeah, he's able to get Deer, the artisanal Brown guys Deer, and, and bring them all together. Yeah. Yep, and I say, hey, you know, because... You know, I like the stuff that's pretty rare. Do you have any Willie stuff? Do you have some of this? And and he'll just package it up and send it on out to me. Wow. And then, of course, the Pleasant Ridge, we know they have a website there at uplandcheese.com. Yep. Yep. And, and Barry Lynn, tell us about your website. Well, I have a website called um, The Cheese Impresario, and that's The Cheese and then Impresario, I-M-P-R-E-S-A-R-I-O.com. And I actually have a show on the internet called Cheese Rules. Yeah. And if you go to my homepage and you'll see the, you'll see a little article on the right hand side. Just scroll down, and um, there's a link there. You can go and see my 13 shows that are up. And then I've got nine more coming. We just shot a couple of weeks ago. That is so great. Yeah. yeah. I mean, really, you know, Barry Lynn for all things cheese. You have such passion for it. You know, you really are, you know, I I say this in the best possible way, you're such a cheese nerd. Thank you so much. (laughs) That's a great compliment from you, Mark. Well, Barry Lynn, thanks once again, and we hope to see you soon. Very good. It was a pleasure.